This is the FBCG Live podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins, Sr. Today's message is entitled, The Principles for Making Difficult Decisions. One decision can change your entire life. Do not compromise your convictions regardless of how it may benefit you. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God. I am uh, thrilled today to speak to you from uh, Daniel chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to open it up to Daniel chapter 3. And I want to talk to you today about principles. Here's my subject today. Principles for making difficult decisions. Principles for making difficult decisions. The truth be told, every day we make decisions. Every day we're making choices. Every day we are determining actions. And, and, and how many of y'all know that one bad decision can mess up your life? One bad choice, one bad direction can reap havoc in your life. And so I feel compelled to try to talk to you today and challenge you today because uh, every day we make choices. Every day. Every day we make decisions. Every day they're made. And I, I want to take an example here from Daniel chapter 3 uh, and talk about some gentlemen who made some righteous choices. They made a difficult choice. They made a tough choice. They, they made a good choice. And uh, our presider today read... Uh, the early part of this passage in Daniel that talks about King Nebuchadnezzar uh, who had in fact created a golden image and commanded, matter of fact, he made a law that everybody had to bow down to this golden image. And when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't do so, word got back to the king and the king marched them before him and gave them an opportunity to worship the golden image, and they refused. They chose not to. They said that we, we, we're not going to be able to do that, and they had some consequences. They were cast into a fiery furnace. Y'all know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro. Y'all, y'all know, y'all know the, 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 the story. But I want to talk to you today about choices you make. And the, the, the decision, the deals that you have to make, when you have to make a challenging decision, I wonder what are the principles that are used to guide those choices in your life? What do you use to make the decisions? What, what influences you? What, what happens when you are tempted to lie, when it would be convenient for you to just tell a lie? What, dis, what drives whether you will tell that lie or whether you will tell the truth? What drives you when the opportunity, the temptation comes for you to, to steal what drives your decision? Will you compromise and, and steal something that you shouldn't? What, 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 how will you behave in life when nobody's looking and you can get away with something and nobody will know about it? How will you treat your enemies? Will you cuss them out? Come on, holler back at a brother. Talk at me. Will you cuss people out who don't quite see life the way you see it or do it the way you want it done? We're trying in our church to develop dynamic disciples who are going to make righteous choices and do the right thing regardless of the situation or the circumstance. And so uh, a fresh look for me at this story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego 
gives, gives me, I want to share with you three principles, three factors that should play a part in how you make your decisions. I want to, I want to lay these three principles out uh, from this, this passage of uh, Daniel chapter 3. So we see, uh, going to Daniel chapter 3, that uh, uh, there's certain... There's certain Chaldeans, the law has been passed, verse 8, I'm in verse 8. The law had been passed and people had been uh, given the directive that they had to bow down. And uh, verse 8 of chapter 3 says that at that time certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spake and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre and psaltery in, symph in symphony with all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. However, and however, and whoever, I'm sorry, whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Verse 12, there are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. And here we find verse 13. Are y'all with me? Verse 13. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready, at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lure, and psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made good. Let me put that in today's language. When Beyonce comes on, when Snoop Dogg starts rapping, it's your assignment to fall down, worship, do your dance. And if you do it, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Listen to this king. Who's going who's to set you free? Here these three young Jews are given an opportunity, a choice of what they're going to do. Just like you and I every day get a choice to make decisions. Are we going to do what the world says do? Are we going to say what our flesh tells us to do? Or are we going to be submitted to the will of God and the word of God? So, so here's the first thing I want to highlight about these, these three principles I have today. Here's the first thing that these young men are faced with a challenge of what they're going to do. And Shadrach and Meshach, verse 16, look at verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Stick a pin in verse 16. I like this because here's what they've done. They have made a commitment in their life. They have made a commitment to, un to, to, to uncompromising convictions. They were committed to uncompromising convictions convictions. Let me talk about what that means. They had convictions. They had beliefs. They, had, they were persuaded 
by what they believed and who they believed. And they said, we're not willing to compromise. And what I like about them in verse 16 is they say, look, King, we don't have to debate or discuss this matter. We don't even have to think about it. There's no doubt. We don't need to dialogue. We don't need to negotiate about it. The bottom line is we, we don't need to have an answer or a discussion because we ain't doing it. And what we need and what we're trying to develop in the midst of the church of God are Christians who will not compromise regardless of how it might benefit them. We need to have convictions. We need to, you see, a lot of us have Christian faith has a preference. We prefer the Christian faith. What God has called us to do is not simply prefer, but to have a conviction about it. Have a conviction. Be persuaded. Now, some years ago, a court case came up before the Supreme Court where a particular person said they had a conviction about something and they were taken to court about it. And the Supreme Court defined very well in a very good way what determines what a conviction is. And they, they gave three things that makes a conviction. Write this down. Number one, your conviction must be seen. In other words, if you got a conviction about something, it must be able to be visible to other people. You can't, you, you can't say you have a conviction about something, but it's never demonstrated. You never walk it out. It's never reflected in your choices and decisions of how you live your life. They said, it must, they said the Supreme Court said this. This is great. He said, it must be seen. Secondly, they said, it must be consistent. In other words... It has to be consistently demonstrated in your life. In other words, you can't be a chameleon. You can't change colors based on the circumstances that you're in. Uh, that's how we got Christians who are, who are Christians when they're at church, but when they ain't at church. Okay, y'all don't, don't, don't hear what I'm saying here today. It, 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 when you have a conviction, it's not just a preference. When you have a preference a Christian preference, you pray and say grace over your food when there's other Christians around, when you have a preference. But when you have a conviction, you're going you're gonna to say grace and thank God for the food you're about to receive, regardless of who's around you. Uh, when you have a conviction, a conviction about uh, a certain things, it will be uh, seen, it will be consistent. And then here's the third thing, it doesn't change. Convictions don't change. Convictions don't change. Uh, you're going to follow those convictions even when it's unpopular, even when it's inconvenient, even when uh, nobody will, else will join you. And, 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 and that's what a conviction is. And I, I'm wanting to challenge us to be people of conviction, have convictions that you live by. Every believer ought to have a set of guidelines that govern your life, a set of convictions that govern your life. You ought to have a conviction about your marriage, that, that you're going to uh, stay together, stay married, e even when things ain't going well, and even when she ain't hooking you up, even when uh, she's spending up all your money. You, you got to have a conviction. Go on and preach, Pastor. I have to encourage myself today. A conviction about marriage. You ought to have a conviction about how you spend your money, how you earn your money, and how you spend your money. Christians ought to have a conviction about it. We, we're not going to play the lottery as Christians. We're not going to gamble. You ought to have a conviction about that. I don't care how big the lotto gets. Some of y'all, when it gets so big, uh, your, 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 your convictions welter. I, I tell y'all, I see the saints standing in the lotto line in the 7-Eleven. 
Conviction. You ought to have a conviction about how you, the conversations, the words that come out of your mouth ought to be a conviction that you're going to talk in a Christian way at all times and not just sometimes. You ought to have some convictions about what's the final authority for your life. I have a conviction that my life is governed by the word of God, not by uh, what's popular, not by what people say is good or right. My conviction is the word of God, the word of life. Uh, it's, it's the final authority that rules and governs the decisions that I make. We need to have convictions. And these fellas had a conviction. And their conviction was they were going to not, they were not going to bow down to a false image and worship the false image. I wonder how many of you recognize that some of your choices that you are making today causes you to bow down to, to a false god. You have the opportunity not to care about what other people say. You have the opportunity to live out your Christian faith with convictions. And I love these guys because they, they had a commitment. They were committed to, uncomp to not compromise their convictions. Amen. I need to ask you, here's a question I need to ask somebody here today. What in the world are your convictions? I, I asked y'all a question. Y'all ain't saying nothing back at a brother. I'm saying, do you, ha do you even have convictions? You ought to write it down. Here's, here's what's in my life that I'm not going to change. Here's what's in my life that I'm going to be consistent with. Here's what's in my life that I'm going to make a commitment to and walk in it. Here's, here's what's in my life that I, I, is going to be seen and evident to everybody. I, I tell my family... I don't care where I'm at on Sunday morning. Sunday is the day that I worship God. I, I, even if I'm on vacation, I have a conviction that Sunday is the Lord's day. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying today. Uh, amen. I, I, no, not, not, the, not the football game. I, I wonder how people can go to the football game but don't go to church. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying to you today. Uh, uh, you, you go to work every day. And Sunday is the day that's, okay, I'll talk about that on another day. Y'all not hearing me on that. They said to the king, we don't have to, we have no need to even give you an answer in this matter. That's what they said in verse uh, 14. We don't, we don't even have to, 16, we don't even have to debate this matter. I am persuaded and convicted in this regard. I love that about these guys. They, they have a conviction. But hold up. Here's what else they did. Verse 17. Look at this. He says, Here's, how they, here's what they did say to him, verse 17. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O joker, uh, O king, they said. Uh, here's the second thing about uh, these making dynamic, powerful decisions, difficult decisions. They were walking with unwavering confidence. They were walking and living with unwavering confidence. They, they believed God with unwavering confidence. They, here's, here's what that means. They knew, I like this right here, that if this is the case, they said in verse 17, that, that you're going to throw us in the fiery furnace, we believe that the God we serve is able to deliver us 
from your fiery furnace. Now, this is an important deal that I need y'all to understand that God gives us the capacity and wants us to have a conviction to understand that he is more than capable and more than able of delivering us from whatever circumstance we find ourselves in. And it is important for Christians to know and believe that we serve a God who's able to bring you out. I am persuaded that the God we serve can bring us out. I am convict, convinced and I am assured that no matter what the circumstances look like and what they say and what people say and what they do, I am persuaded that God is able to bring me out. And that's what I need to try to get down in your heart. I need you to get an understanding in your heart and in your mind when you are faced with difficult and challenging moments and when you have to make tough decisions, make the decision with a persuasion that the God we serve is more than able to bring you out. That's, that's what I believe and that's where I'm persuaded and that's where my conviction that he is a way maker. He has the ability to bring me out. He has a, a, an, a, an ability to fix what the enemy tries to hurt and hurl at you. Our God is a deliverer and here's what it all boils down to. If in fact we are people of faith, we've got to be at a point or a posture to say, I know God will somehow bring me out of this circumstance and this situation. I don't know where you are, but that's what I believe. I am persuaded. Somebody look at your neighbor, high five them, and say, God can and will bring me out. Look at your neighbor and say, I believe that we serve a God who is more than capable and more than able and more than willing and more than uh, 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 powerful enough to bring us out of these challenging moments and circumstance. And so you got to believe that whatever you face, Maybe God will change the king's mind or maybe he'll cause the fire to go out or maybe he'll bring us back to life after we've dead are dead. I don't care what it is. Andre Crouch, a gospel singer, used to sing this song that says, I've got confidence that God is going to see me through this old song. It's an old time song. You young people don't know that song. He says he said, no matter what the case may be, I know he's going to fix it for me. I know and believe that God can fix and bring deliverance to us. And we got to walk with confidence. You have to walk with the assurance that God will, because I'm sticking by his convictions and walking by his word, I got to believe that he's going to bring me out. Here's the third and final point. I'll, I'll get out of y'all here and leave y'all alone. Here's, here's, here's number three, uh, verse 18. I, I like, I like, I like, I, I got to read verse 17 again. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, verse 18, but if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Now, now here, here's where it's difficult right here. Here's where it's a challenge. Because here's what these boys are saying. Here's what these fellas are saying. These men are saying. They are saying to the king, even if God doesn't deliver us, it's okay. If he doesn't do it, if he doesn't respond the way I want him to respond, if he doesn't bring me out of the challenge, it's okay. We're still not bound down. We will just accept the consequences of our choices. And that's why I want to tell you today, when you're making a difficult decision, you have to 
write this down, be willing to accept uncomfortable circumstances, consequences. I'm sorry. Be willing to accept uncomfortable consequences. Be willing to say, okay, God didn't work it out. He didn't bring me through. He didn't do it the way I wanted it to be done. He didn't change the situation and I have to suffer the consequences. Here's where the drama is in our culture and in our community. We're not willing to accept consequences. I take my hat off to the saints of old because, listen, I want you to think about this for just a moment because when the, when the disciples accepted Jesus, when they made a commitment, they were putting their life on the line. They were killing Christians during that time. When somebody made a commitment to Jesus, if they said yes to that, their life could be put on the line. When, they, when, they, when, the, when, the, when the pastor gave the altar call, they, if they got up in the service and walked down in the sanctuary to say, I want to follow Jesus, they were putting their life at risk. But here's the deal. They were willing to do it. I wonder how many people would accept Jesus if they knew they were putting their life on the line. Okay, all right, y'all not hearing what I'm saying to you today. I, I applaud these men. I celebrate them because they are willing to accept the consequences, the uncomfortable consequences. In this case, it's so uncomfortable that it's costing them their life. And my question to you today is, are you willing to accept it? Are you willing to, to be cast into the fiery furnace? Are you willing to lose your job for being committed to the gospel? Are you willing to lose friendships? Are you willing not to get the loan because you didn't lie on the application for the mortgage loan? Are you willing to make the choices and say, if I don't get what I want, if God doesn't answer the way I want him to answer, it's not because he's not able. That's what I like about him. I, you got to have an unwavering confidence that God is able to deliver us. But if he chooses not to, it means he's got some greater purpose behind not doing it the way you want him to do it. And so what I like about this passage is that Nebuchadnezzar, look at verse 19. Let me walk down through, 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 through the rest of this uh, for just a moment. Verse 19, it says, Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that, uh, that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in the army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast him into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire, listen to this, this is how hot it was, killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These are the guys who threw them into the fiery furnace, and the furnace was so hot that it killed the men who put them into the fiery furnace. Verse number 23 says, And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king, look, he answered, I see four men loosed walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not burned, they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. I got some good news for us here today. 
that we serve a God who will go with you into the midst of your fiery furnace, into your lion's den, into your challenging moments, into your dilemma, into your frustrating situation. He will go with you. And I've given God a shout right here today. All I'm saying to you and everything that's in me is have an unwavering confidence, have convictions, have a conviction that will govern and guide your life. Here's what I'm telling you. Have an unwavering faith that God will bring you out. But if he does not, you got to have an attitude that says, but if not, (laughs) if he doesn't do it. If he doesn't answer it, if he doesn't solve it the way I want it to be solved, but if not, I'm still not bowing down. If he doesn't do it, it's okay. He's still my God. But if not, I'm still convinced and persuaded that he is more than able. I don't know who I'm talking to today, and I don't know what decisions you have to make. But my assignment today, my challenge for you today is to have convictions. Have some 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 convictions when it comes to the difficult decisions that you have to make about in life, make it based on principles, biblical truth. Don't be persuaded by culture or society or what the majority says or what the poll says. Don't go by what people say. Govern your life by the word of the living God. Let this be the guiding force. Have some convictions that are consistent and don't change. Govern your life by this. When I have to make tough decisions in life, and I do have to make tough decisions all the time, every day, I'm grateful that I find my ability to make those decisions much better when I look to the Word of God to be the guiding factor for my life, the guiding factors for how I govern my family and how I run this church. I do it based on some biblical principle. And you know what I discovered? that when you do it God's way, he always works it out on your behalf. I I am convinced and persuaded that God will bring us out, but if he doesn't, I know he got something bigger in store, something bigger in mind. I've got a but if not mentality. I love that verse right there. If he doesn't do it, (laughs) but if not, if he doesn't answer, it's okay. He's still my God. And guess what? It doesn't mean he wasn't able. (laughs) It doesn't mean he couldn't do it. It doesn't mean he doesn't have the power to do it. I know he does. How do you know he does? Because I know he's got the power to bring bring dead back to life. And that's what he did with the Lord Jesus who died on the cross for our sins. He brought Jesus back to life. And that same power can give you life and give you hope and give you deliverance and give you a breakthrough and give you a miracle in your life. That same power that kept them in the midst of the fiery furnace, the same power that kept Daniel in the midst of the lion's den, the same power that opens up blinded eyes and unstops deaf ears, the same power that brought Lazarus back to life, that same power is alive and well and will bring life to you and will change your life and change your heart and change your posture and change your walk. You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. Believe that God will bring you out of any circumstance 
If you've been blessed by this message and would like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglenarden.org slash give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week. Thank you.